Welcome to the Focus Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that it inspires you and gives you a fresh perspective. Enjoy the sermon. And I want to welcome all of those that are watching our television program, those watching online, those joining us from our Apex location. We're so grateful that you've decided to worship with us today, however you've decided to worship. If you're looking for a church home, we are right here in the 919, one church in multiple locations. And if you have any questions, just go to focus.church. We would love for you to join us. If you are here for the very first time, we invite you to take out the purple U card that is located in the seat around you. You can fill that out, take it to the lobby on your way out. If you're watching online or on TV, you can go to focus.church slash you, and you can fill out that same card. We would love to put a gift in your hand and just connect with you. And uh, we're just so glad to be starting a brand new series titled Airplane Mode. It's about how to hear the voice of God. And I don't know about you, but we live in a very distracted world, in a very chaotic world. And sometimes we just need to shut everything down to hear from God again. And I believe over the next several weeks together, we're going to learn to hear the voice of God again. We're going to learn to hear the voice of God as a church. And we're going to learn to hear the voice of God as a people once again. We will never be satisfied with a life lived only knowing about God. We will never be satisfied with a life lived only knowing about God. For knowing about God leaves us at a distance. A distance that creates second-hand faith. A second-hand faith that Jesus dismantled when the veil was torn and he died on the cross. Knowing about God has become our substitute for knowing God. We've replaced rich doctrine with cheap distractions. We've left our sacred practices for shallow methods. I'm all for creating an atmosphere of excellence, but we must never void his presence. I can go without the production, but I cannot go without his presence. Knowing God has now been reserved for a few elite, while knowing about God seems to be the common expertise we find in a world among us. But when a device gets put on airplane mode, it becomes a very expensive calculator, a very weak flashlight, and a mediocre camera. It loses all of its connection to the outside world, and it becomes impossible to receive or send any data. It is the elimination of notification. When we put ourselves on airplane mode from God, we cease to hear His voice. And that results in a life that leads to destruction. But when we put the world on airplane mode, we see fear subside and faith begins to rise. The elimination of notification increases our intimacy with God. And in turn, it will, be, it will cause us to be mature as believers. That is what I want for you over the next several weeks. I want you to hear from God in a distraction-free way. I want you to put the world on airplane mode. Airplane mode is the decision to move from distance learning about God into an intimate relationship with God. I don't want this church to be about God. I want us to have a relationship with God. My prayer is that we would go from knowing about him to actually knowing who he is. You know that there's a difference. You think you know Kanye West. You only know about Kanye West. You think you know Donald Trump. You only know about Donald Trump. Y'all didn't like that one. 
You think you know Joe Biden. You only know about Joe Biden. You think you know about someone that you see on the tabloids or at the checkout counter where all the magazines are, but you do not know them. See, the thing is, is the headlines and the highlights, sometimes we treat God and church like tabloids, only knowing John 3.16 and Jeremiah 29.11, but that is not enough to know about God. We must have an intimate relationship with God, and in order to have an intimate relationship with God, we must put the world on airplane mode and become in a relationship with God. We know more about him than most, but we still don't know him at all. The Bible is not a tabloid about Jesus. It is the truth, and the truth will set you free. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word became flesh, and it dwelt among us. It is the truth of Jesus Christ. It is not just about God. It is not a story about Jesus. It is God's Word about our lives and how we can interact with Jesus. Did you know that Jesus is the only famous person that you can know and not just know of? You can actually get to know Jesus when you put the world on airplane mode. On the opposite side of this relationship coin is also God's ability to know us. So not only do we know God, not only do we gain access to know about God and to know him, God also knows us. We aren't off in some distant land in his mind. We aren't off in some uh, distant place, but instead he just doesn't know about you. He knows you. The Bible says that he has the hairs on your head numbered. It, the Bible says that not only does he know how many hairs you have, but if you pulled one out, he would know which hair that was. He would say that's number 785,962. While others of us have no hair, going easy on God's count. And as I lose my hair, I know that it's getting easier for God to count the hairs that are on my head. God doesn't just know about us. He knows us. This isn't a distant relationship. This isn't something God didn't read about us in a magazine. God doesn't just follow us on the online version we present ourselves uh, to the world with. He knows us intimately. It says in Jeremiah 1 verse 5, it says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Since God knows us, why do we struggle being honest with him? If God knows us so intimately, why is our first response when we sin to hide from him, to act like he has never seen us in our despair, to act like he does not know our thoughts or our actions? Why is, that, why is that our limited understanding of the omniscient knowledge that God possesses puts us in a perpetual place of hiding things from him that he is fully aware of? Adam and Eve in the garden, he says, where are you at? Why did you hide from me? It is our usual response in a life of sin to go into hiding. But I want to let you know we, don't just know, we don't just serve a God that knows about you. We serve a God that knows you and loves you and has destined you for great things. So as we go through these next few weeks in this series, I want you to join me on the journey of getting to know the God that knows us. 
getting to know the God that knows us. If he knows me so well, then I in turn should know him just as well. The Bible says to draw near to God as he draw, draws near to you. What a good God that we serve that doesn't keep himself at bay, that doesn't socially distance himself from your dysfunction, that doesn't get embarrassed about you, that doesn't, is not ashamed of you. What a good God that not only would he know us, but he would allow us to know him. So as we pray today and as we sit under the teaching of God's word, may your hearts be open to what God would speak because we serve a God that speaks. I've titled today's message, A God That Speaks. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your grace. We thank you that you know us. We thank you that you know our future better than we can recount our past. We thank you because you are all-knowing, all-powerful, and almighty. And we are gathered today under the name of your son, Jesus, the name above every name the first and the last, the alpha, the omega, the sacred one, the, the lamb, the spotless lamb, the one who comes to take away the sins of the world. And as John the Baptist said, behold the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. I pray that by the time we're finished today with our time together, that everyone's sins in this room and at the sound of my voice and those joining us online and on television would come to the saving knowledge of your son, Jesus. We submit these plans to you, not my words, but yours. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. The psalmist understood God's incredible ability to know us. David understood this amazing attribute of God, that God would not keep himself at bay, that God would not keep himself at a distance, but instead that God would come close. And he says it in Psalm 139, verses 23 through 24, if you have a copy of God's word, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. David understood that if he opened up access to his soul, that God would enter in. David understood that if he opened up his life, the good, the bad, and the ugly, that God would insert himself into his dysfunction and become the healer, deliverer, savior, and friend, and redeemer that he needed him to be. And he says, and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I don't know if we've asked God to search us lately. I don't know if we've surrendered ourselves to the voice of God and to the will of God lately. Maybe you have. Maybe that's why you're here. You're asking God to search you and to try you. But when he does, he will lead you into a way of understanding. He will lead you to a way where you have an intimate relationship with God. My heart for this church is that we not be casual with our commitment to the voice of God. But instead, we would be radically transformed by a daily decision to follow Christ, not only to know him, but to also make him known to our neighbors, our loved ones, and our friends. It's amazing to me how many times when we go to speak to God, we leave out a critical component of prayer, and that is hearing God speak back to us. 
We tend to love to lavish our, our requests to God, but we tend to neglect time spent listening to what he might respond to us with. God can hear our cries, but have we taken the time to listen to his? God can hear our prayers and our desires, but have we taken the time to listen to his? I don't know about you, maybe you spend your days listening for God. Maybe you spend your days waiting for God to speak. But I know that I've struggled with, with kind of blurting out my long list of prayer requests, blurting out my dreams and my desires, and then kind of shutting the appointment off right after I'm done talking. And how many of you know that God has something to say to you? God has something to, to, to communicate with us today. And, and I, I want to communicate the fact that we do not serve a silent God. As many of you have maybe watching the program or, 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 or in, in the room today, you've probably come with, with, with silence on your heart. You've probably could relate to say, I haven't heard God speak to me in a long time. I don't know if God really speaks. I'm struggling to know, does God really say stuff in 2021, is God still speaking? And that's a valid question because sometimes in the way of life can become our, our fleshly desires can get in the way, our, our worldly desires can get in the way, and it can become a wedge that separates us from the voice of God. And by the end of our time today, I want to give you a one simple question that you can ask God that I believe usually almost every time, I haven't scientifically backed this up, that will, that will almost guarantee, like I'm like a used car salesman for this guarantee, okay? It's almost under warranty that God will reveal himself to you if you pray one simple question and then wait for him to respond. But before we get into that one simple question, allow me to just create a foundational uh, bed for this, for this whole series, that we serve a God that does speak. Just so you know, that's very rare. And it's sacred. And it's special. We shouldn't be casual with the voice of God. This is something that not every religion has access to. Where their God speaks back to them. So when you come into this place, a Bible-believing evangelical Christian church that believes the whole word of God and that God sent his son Jesus to die on a cross and then left for us an advocate, the Holy Spirit, that continues to be active and speaking to us. It's a pretty big deal to be at a church that believes in the speaking God, in a God that speaks. How cool is that? That you, we serve a God can actually reveal himself to you, and it's not just a historical account of something that happened a long time ago. This isn't just show and tell for what God did, but when we sing and worship, we're actually interacting with a living and breathing and moving God, and this is good news because we have access to a God that speaks. He spoke when he started the universe. He said, let there be light. He used his voice to put the stars in the sky and to set the universe in motion. He speaks when he creates. He spoke into existence the earth. He actually speaks now. Not only did he speak back then, but he speaks today. Through the power of his Holy Spirit, he will lead you and guide you and convict you and comfort you and, and, and grieve with you and also challenge you. It says, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. What, what do I mean? I mean, God doesn't just speak in the Bible, but he speaks 
to us right now. Not only does he speak to us in the past, not only does he speak to us in the present, but when you die, should you be in right standing with God, one of the first things you will hear is the voice of God saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. God not only spoke in the past, God not only speaks in the present, but God will also speak in the future. This is so good because we have access to not a robotic God, to not some transactional God, to not some idol that we've carved, but instead we have this living, breathing, intimate relationship with a God that desires community with you, that desires to correct you when you're wrong, to love you when you're broken, and to watch his grace fulfill over your life. You didn't come in here today to watch a guy talk. You came in here today to hear, to hear God speak. You didn't come in here today to sing some songs. You came in here today to interact with the presence of an almighty God. So when you come into his house with thanksgiving and praise, you're coming into the house of an almighty God that desires a relationship with you. He wants to walk with you. He He's not silent. Now, you might not have heard from him in a bit, but he is not silent. As a matter of fact, I believe he's speaking way more than we are listening. He's speaking way more often than we are listening. But the cultural norms of our busy schedule and our calendars that are slammed packed and are overworked and underpaid and our lack of margin in our lives have created this cyclical pattern of not hearing from God and therefore we don't have time to listen to what he says even though he's speaking. So how does God speak? I've got four ways that God speaks today that I'd like to share with you. There are probably more ways, and for the theologians in the room or watching, you can correct me later or bring to me your list of 27 ways that God speaks. But for the sake of time today, I've, I've nailed down four primary ways that I believe God speaks, and I believe it will help you if you're taking notes today. The first one is this, is God speaks historically. God speaks historically. This is through his word, through his word. It's amazing to me how many people are looking for a sign from God but have never cracked open the word of God. He's already spoken. Like, you're waiting for some sort of sign at the Walmart cash register where your fourth wheel is, is twitching on the cart, and you're like, that's God speaking. Uh, I don't know if that's God speaking, but I do know this. He wrote in his word a bunch of promises that you can declare over your life, a bunch of things that you can hold on to, a bunch of need, uh, your needs can be met, and miracles, signs and wonders are accounted for in the word of God. I don't need more proof that God speaks. I can stop right here as to already what he said. What he said is enough. Historically, that's enough. Like, I want to encourage someone today that feels like God hasn't spoken to them. Open up God's word. Watch what he will say to you. Watch how transformative the Bible can be. I've, I, 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 I love uh, technology. I love the advancements that we've made. I love the, the glow-in-the-dark versions of the word that you carry around in your pocket. But there is no substitute for the tra traditional paper Bible because I can't get a phone call on my paper Bible. I can't get a, a Facebook message from someone trying to buy a rocking chair that I'm trying to sell on Marketplace on my paper Bible. I can't. 
I can't get a FaceTime from my brother on my paper Bible. It's important that you hide the word of God in your heart. That we might not sin against thee is what the Bible says. Why? Because it becomes ammunition for the attack of the enemy. And when you run out of things to pray, you can always go back to verses that have been spoken. I don't want to be a doomsday prepper. I don't want to be someone that scares you. But I do want to let you know that if, we, if the only version of God's word is on an electronic device that we do not have control of, they can take that word off the app store whenever they so desire. So I would encourage you to grab hold of the traditional word of God and begin to stockpile verses in your soul. I'm not asking you to stockpile weapons. If you want to do that, that's fine too. But the Bible is a weapon against the enemy and your ammunition are the verses that you have hidden in your heart and I've met too many people that only know John 3:16. They only know Jeremiah 29:11 and they have not hid the word of God in their hearts enough and when they're attacked and they ask God to speak to them to reveal himself to them and he's waving his arms in his word. He's waving his arms in his word. I'm not saying that they're going to take the Bible off your cell phones, but I'm telling you right now they could if they wanted to. They could if they wanted to but they won't be able to take the word of God that you plant on your heart. It's, 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 it's really important that as a society we get back to biblical literacy, that we understand that, that what God spoke historically is still active and, and ready to be used in our daily lives. I pray that this time that we share together isn't the only time you interact with God's word during the week. That would be like you only eating once a week. Would you say that that's healthy? Probably not. That would be like you going to the gym once a week and expecting to be a bodybuilder. We are the body of Christ, and the only way we can build up our body is to be in a daily relationship with the Word of God. If I could call you to something today, I would challenge you to get back into the pages of the Word of God, to, to unsubscribe from Netflix, to unsubscribe from Hulu, to unsubscribe from Newsmax or Fox News or CNN or MSNBC or whatever acronym you so choose, and I pray that you would get into the B-I-B-L-E because that is the the book for me. It will lead you to truth. It will guide you during seasons. It will do everything that the world has tried to do. The Bible has inside of it. It's truth. It's truth and it's already available to us. There are countries in this world that don't have access to the word. And here you are flipping from Facebook to God's word as though it's just another app on your phone. These are the sacred scriptures of the Lord. These are the sacred texts. That when you, when you commune with God, he is speaking to you through those pages. And when you come together, we are seeing God do something incredible. Oh, like, preaching is weird. Preaching God's word is, if you think about it, what you're doing right now, sitting, hearing, like, this, the closest thing that the world has to this is, like, stand-up comedy. But it's not me speaking. It's God speaking through his word. And that's why it's transformative and powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged, double-edged sword. It has the ability to pierce through bone and marrow, rightfully dividing, teaching you and challenging you. It says in 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, that all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training 
in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I do not want weak Christians driving down Destiny Drive every Sunday at noon. What I am looking for are strong, equipped believers that know the word of God and it's the truth that will set them free and it corrects them. It also gives them hope for a future and it's the it's the weaponry you're going to need in the last days. Your bucket of rice might sustain you physically, but your Bible will sustain you spiritually in the last days. I don't have to look high or low for God to prove to me that he is speaking because he already spoke, and that is in the Bible. If you're looking for a church that believes the Bible and stands on God's word, you found one. You found one. Number two is God speaks creatively. Number one, God speaks historically. Number two, God speaks creatively. This is through his creation. This is a pretty funny verse. Numbers 22, 28. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth. And it said to Balaam, what have I done to make you beat me these three times? The Lord will use creation to talk to you and to speak to you. Maybe you have some donkeys on your farm. If God needs to get your attention, he is not above using things that he has created to speak through you. That's why when you drive through the Blue Ridge Mountains in what is uh, the best state in the Union, North Carolina, when you drive past the sunsets here in North Carolina, no man made those things. God created those things and has allowed us access to them for our worship and for our enjoyment. We don't worship the creation. We worship the creator, but the creator does speak to us through creation. Now, don't get weird with it. Oh, my, my dog barked. I feel the Lord. My dog is barking. Here's what you have to do. You have to align when God speaks to you creatively, it must agree with what God already said historically. So nothing God says will contradict what he already said. I've met so many people trying to reinvent the gospel. Well, the gospel's already laid out. It's already been presented to us historically through God's word. Therefore, be careful of false teaching that would try to get cute or creative with the gospel to say the Bible doesn't have enough. Now, it doesn't mean that God won't speak to you creatively through a donkey. God's speaking to you right now through me, which is pretty close. If you knew me like God knows me, you'd say God is using donkeys. It's important that you realize that throughout history, God used his creation to speak to his people. Moses, on the backside of the wilderness, working for his father-in-law Jethro, uh, just managing some sheep, gets word that there's a burning bush in the distance, and he comes closer, and God speaks to him through the fire of, of, a, of a burning bush. So God is not limited to your ideal way of communication. He, he speaks to the wise men through a star and says, go where this star is and you will find a baby that becomes our Messiah. It's important that you know that. Jesus confirms prophecy by allowing a rooster to crow three times that says, you, you, you told me you weren't going to deny me, but the rooster says otherwise. 
So God will use creation to confirm some things that he's spoken to you. What does that mean? You need to take some time and smell the roses. Some of you are so busy you haven't even seen creation. Some of you are so busy you haven't seen a sunrise in a long time or walked outside, cut your grass yourself, and dirty up those new balances and enjoy some of God's green earth. Go golfing every once in a while. Every time I, I play golf, it, it's, it's activity, it's fun. I get to hang out with some of my friends that might not know the Lord, uh, but I also take some time to just simply enjoy the fact of uh, the beauty of, of God's majesty through creation. And many of us live so glued and connected to our devices that we forget that there's a sunrise and a sunset and a beach and a moon and stars and there's mountains and there's valleys and there's roses and there's lilies and there are things that if we looked up to the hills, where does our help come from? Our help comes from the Lord. So he'll speak to you creatively. Don't get weird with it. I'm asking you not to get weird with it. We're trying to grow this church, okay? Pastor, there was a fuzz on my shirt. I knew that God said, little, that little piece of lint, it spoke to me. Maybe so, maybe not. I'm just asking you to really filter things through the word of God. And if it gets, you know, ask someone that knows the Lord. Do you think this was God speaking to me? And hopefully you have a true friend in your life group that would tell you, ah, you might have missed God. That might have been just the Chinese food you ordered last night. It's just running through your brain a little bit. So don't get weird with it. But be intentional about hearing God. Be intentional about seeking God in moments. When you wake up in the morning, may, may the news not be the first thing you see, but may your feet hit the ground and just say, God, thank you for making this day, for this is the day the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. He will speak to us through creation. He used a rainbow to fulfill a promise. He fulfilled many prophecies throughout creation. The third way that God speaks is he speaks to us corporately as a church. He speaks to us historically through his word. He speaks to us creatively through creation. And he speaks to us corporately as a church. If you're gathered here today, then that means that you understand the power of corporate worship. And when we gather together, God speaks to us as a body. That's why uh, the coronavirus shutdown created such a divide or such distance between us and God because we could hear from God personally, but we were void of hearing from God corporately. And you know this because you're here. There's something that happens when you get into the presence of God together. There's something that happens when we worship and when we bear one another's burdens, when we confess our sins, and when we sit under the teaching together. It builds our faith. It is equipping for us to go out into the world. And so last year, as I was in here in this echo chamber with only a camera operator and a couple of people back in the sound booth, it was lacking its corporate power to hear from God. And I, 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 I admire you today for joining us in worship corporately because God will open up the windows of heaven when the saints gather. If you're at home today, still worried about the virus, still worried about uh, whatever it is in the world, that, that whatever fear might be trying to sweep over your life, I want to encourage you, the very moment you feel safe enough to attend a worship service, you better come running to the house of the Lord because it is good for brothers and sisters to dwell together. There is something that is happening here that cannot happen in your kitchen. 
I love, I'm good, I'm good with online. I'm good with TV. But it is a cheap substitute for the tangible assembly of the saints. It's like working out online. You work out online? Oh, yeah, I got a personal trainer on Zoom. How's that working out for you? When you get into the gym, when you get into that atmosphere, and you hear the clanging and banging of all the 45 plates, when you see the guy down the road who just, you know, probably juiced up with some steroids, you want to be like that, right? It's contagious. The gym is an atmosphere that creates a contagious sense. That's why they still work. Church is the same way. You can't eat every meal at home. Some of you are like, yes, I can. I'm cheap. We don't ever eat out. There's just something about a restaurant. There's something about, about coming together and, and, and being served at a table. This is the table of the Lord. You can eat at home for sure. Have that peanut butter and jelly. But I'm here to deliver filet mignon. I'm here to set a table of meat. I'm here to give you the, the good word, the deep word, the mysterious things of God. I'm here to allow God to use this moment, this interaction, for him to do something that he otherwise might not be able to do. But when your faith is connected, something special happens. It's so important. That's why the, the shutdown was detrimental to the church of America. But I came to declare to someone today that we will survive. And we will thrive. And we're coming back. We're making our comeback because God speaks to us corporately. 85, Psalm 85 verse 8 says, let me hear what God the Lord will speak. That's why you're here. God speak to me today. For he will speak peace to his people, plural, to his saints, plural. But let them, again, plural, not turn back to folly. God, may we not turn back to folly. May we not turn back to our old ways. May we not go back to where we were before we received the grace of God. But may we stay in true standing and in right standing with God. And Father, I pray that this church would open up a window of heaven, a portal from heaven that we could hear from you corporately like never before. And as we start the 21 days of prayer tomorrow, that you would speak to us corporately, give us a fresh vision, because now more than ever, it is so hard to hear your voice with the noise around us. The fourth and final thing is that God speaks individually. God speaks individually. I'm grateful that we serve a God that speaks corporately, God that speaks historically. I'm grateful for, that, for a God that speaks creatively. But man, the real beauty of our relationship with Jesus is that it's personal. It's personal. It's personal. Do you understand what that means? It means God wants to know you. Not about you. He wants to know you personally. It says in Hebrews chapter 1, 1 through 5, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through prophets and many times in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being sustaining all things by his powerful word after he had provided purification for our sins your sins my sins he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven so he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to them jesus the name above every name 
wants a personal relationship with you. I don't know of many other places where I can go to find a personal relationship with the same God that created the universe. Like one that is specific. God's will for the relationship you have with him is so specific that he asked the guy in the Old Testament to take off his shoes. That's specific. That's that's the kind of God we serve. Uh, the, The relationship with the God that we serve needs to be so specific. He told his disciples, go untie a donkey, one that has never been ridden. If they ask you, what's it for? Tell them the Lord needs it. These instructions are not like these grandiose, uh, big, you're going to change the world, 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 world. I'm going to change the world. They're specific. They're whispers. They're personal. They're, They're like, hey, don't do that. Hey, that's the old you creeping in. Hey, that that one thing that you just said to your spouse, probably shouldn't say that. You know better than that. That's the Holy Spirit that wants a personal relationship with you. And if all you have is a corporate understanding of God, you'll never understand his personal desires for your life. So how do we hear God's voice? What if I told you that you could pray one simple prayer, that you can ask one simple question? What if I told you that God still speaks? A God that speaks needs a church that will listen. A God that speaks needs an ear that will listen. It says in John 10, I'm, I'm, I'm closing. I tell you the truth. I could preach a whole sermon about that, that we serve a God that tells us the truth. In a world where truth is hard to find, in a world where we don't know the results, We don't understand the the news. We don't know what's truth or not. Jesus tells you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of the sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and they take action. I don't just hear God, but I do what he says and they come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them. Never get in front of God. He walks ahead of them. And they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. Please don't follow a stranger. Don't follow a perverted gospel. Don't follow a twisted version of the biblical truth. Don't follow anything that that seems to be too good to be true. Get your face in the word of God because I don't want a church that follows a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. May God give us fresh ears in this new season to hear directly from God as to what we would do and what we would say and where we should go. So when you want to know what the one question is you could ask God, I bet you he'd speak to you almost, I could use car salesman guarantee. There's just one. It's pretty simple. Are you ready? Just pray this prayer every morning. Dear God, 
What sins in my life do I need to be forgiven of today? <laughs> He's going to reveal them to you right now. <laughs> Just ask him right now. Right now? Yeah, right now. What sins in my life do I need to be forgiven of today? You say God doesn't speak. He's revealing your pride right now. He's revealing your deceit right now. He's revealing your dysfunction right now. But the great thing about the revelation of your sins is it's not to guilt you or to shame you. It's because he wants to be closer to you. And so the reason he'll tell you the things that are separating you from him is because he has a desire to be close to you. So when you pray, one question. Dear God, what sins in my life do I need to be forgiven of today? And he's going to go to the top of your heart. It's going to say, pride, fleshly desire, that secret addiction that you haven't told your life group about, that, that, that thing, that anger issue when no one else is looking, how you treat your children. You know you shouldn't treat them that way. That's called conviction. But it's not to dismantle you or to make you feel shameful. I didn't pose that question to you for you to feel like, like oh, you're not worthy, you're such a sinner. I pose that question to you because I know God wants those things out of your life in order to reveal the fullness of his glory, in order for you not to walk in a limited grace, but instead for those things in your life to be confessed. Confess your sins. He is faithful and just to forgive you of those sins and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So what are the things that are keeping me from God? Well, they're the sins that you haven't asked for forgiveness of. You want God to speak to you? He's probably speaking to you right now. I pray that he would reveal those sins to you. Not because I want you to go out here saying, I'm such a sinner. Pastor just asked me to, God to reveal my sins. Oh, what a heavy sermon. No, that should be lifting to you because this is a place of forgiveness. This is a place that can take those sins. As a matter of fact, Jesus died on the cross so that you wouldn't have to live in those sins. The reason he died was for the sins that God is currently revealing to you that need to be forgiven. It's because Jesus already paid the price for those and God does not want you to live under that guilt or under that shame. He wants a relationship with you. The psalmist just gets it right every time. How can I know, Psalm 19, 12, how can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Isn't that true? Whether you followed Jesus nine months before you were born or you don't know God yet, we all have sins lurking in our heart. He says, how can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these hidden sins faults. That's our prayer. That you wouldn't leave here under the weight of your sin, but instead you would leave lifted. That you wouldn't leave lurking sins in your heart anymore. That you would repent. And repentance is not a popular word. It's like they'll cancel you. If you start using the word repentance too much because they want a gospel full of grace, but with no truth. But let me tell you right now, God's gospel is full of grace and truth. And he is not a God of tolerance. He's not. He loves you too much to allow you to stay that way. 
He loves you too much to allow the sin that is lurking in your heart to remain that way. He won't tolerate it. Why? Because he wants a better relationship with you than you even know about. And the way to get to that better relationship is by being cleansed of all unrighteousness. Therefore, repent of your sins for the day of his coming is near. He's not a tolerant God. He's a jealous God. He wants all of you. He doesn't want 85% of you and the 15% of you that is sinning. He wants 100% of you. And the way that we do that is by repentance. I know it's not popular. I know you came to the cool church where the pastor wears skinny jeans. We are a new school church with a very conservative traditional theology when it comes to repentance, holiness, righteousness. Why? Because he who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. You want to be the righteousness of God? Then you cannot have sin in your life. I'll close with this last verse, Luke eleven twenty eight. 28. But he said, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. One more time. But he said, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. God, may we do with your word what you've called us to do today, which is to keep it, to hide it in our hearts, to replace your word from all the dysfunction and sin that is in our life. May you remove it and reveal to us the sins that we need to be forgiven of today and over the next 21 days as we pray corporately and as we join together as a corporate movement, as a a church body, reveal to us our corporate sins. If we've made it too much about the screens, forgive us. If we've made it too much about the lights, forgive us. If we've made it too much about one man's message, forgive us. If we've made it too much about the temperature in the auditorium, forgive us. If we've made it too much about how often we serve and how often we we get asked to serve, forgive us, Father. For you pay the ultimate price on the cross and we want to serve you. And we want to hear your voice speak to us again. So we repent of our sins and we draw near to you because you draw near to us. Thank you for being a God that speaks. With every head bowed and every eye closed, no one leaving or moving at this moment, this could be a very sacred space for someone today that doesn't know Jesus. Maybe you came into this house today and you say, Pastor Mike, I do not know Jesus, but I want to. I've been fighting my whole life to to figure this thing out. And you want to know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. You want to hear the voice of God again in your life. Maybe you decided at an early age that you would follow Jesus, but it's been a long time. Maybe you're, you're backslidden is the, is the old school Christian word that we use. Maybe you're far from God. Maybe you feel like your sin is separating you from God and you've never been saved. You've never committed your life to Christ. I want to let you know today through the power and blood of Jesus Christ, you can make a decision to follow him. Not just today, not just out of this response to a good sermon, but out of his love and his grace for you. The way that you start that journey, but not how you finish that journey, is just by acknowledging your need of a Lord and acknowledging your need of a Savior. And the way that we acknowledge that here at this church, it can be done in many ways, but the way that we do that here is we want to pray for you. 
with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you just say, Pastor Mike, that's me today. I'm a sinner in need of a savior. Would you just raise your hand? No one's looking around. I'm just gonna be the one that prays with you. Just shoot your hand up at both of our locations. Thank you. I see your hand. Anybody else? I see your hand. I see your hand. Anybody else? Just keep your hand up high enough. We wanna put a gift in your hand. We're gonna put a card in your hand. Can you just raise it high enough so that we can see it? Praise God, right here. Just high enough so that we can see it. Raise it just a little bit higher so they can see it. They're just gonna put a little card in your hand. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the harvest. Thank you for speaking to us today. Praise God. The Bible says that when you made that decision that all heaven celebrates, you have to make that decision for yourself, but you don't have to follow Jesus by yourself. So today, everyone at the sound of my voice, for the sake of those that just made that decision for Christ, would you all repeat after me, say, Father God, thank you for Jesus for sending him to die on a cross for my sins. I repent and I look to you and I look forward to living for you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's clap our hands for God's word. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. This ministry is made possible because of the generosity of so many people like you. To partner with us, you can click the link in our description or visit www.givetofocus.com. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe now or share it with a friend. For more inspirational content, subscribe to our YouTube channel, www.youtube.com slash Join us next week for another incredible message.